Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. Here's the nominee that, as I told Nigel, this should this should uh, this should cue the rant, which is chalk. Yeah, chalk is it's, it's, chalk, chalk is ridiculous. It's not a it's not a toy because because the said, next time. The, the, the next time there's a dead body and they outline it in chalk, yeah, find yeah. out how many people are saying, could you bring that toy over here? <laughs> the Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. Chuck Todd had a pretty good week. He had uh, four and three on his bets, which is a pretty good week for him. And he had a pretty good week because he had a lot of camera time uh, in doing the election. So that was good for him. I think your nice. grandson would like to argue with you about chalk as a toy. He, my, which, which one? The Bootsy? Well, it wouldn't be much of an argument with, with the hammer. Because he doesn't speak yet. Um, <laughs> ball, ball, So ball. Bootsy thinks that chalk is a toy. Oh, he just loves drawing in the driveway. Well, then that's fine. That's fine. But it Functional also... Functional tool. Right. It has, it has a use beyond being a toy, whereas the game Sorry does not. Whereas Jenga does not. You know, these other things that are nominated. Um, it's like crayons. Are crayons toys? Well, maybe, but they're also useful. Is a ball a toy? Well, I don't know. A, a bouncy rubber ball is it a stick. toy? Stick, stick and, is and, the, stick sand. is in the Hall of Fame, and sand is in the Hall of Fame as well. So sand is ridiculous. Thanks, Sandy. Sands is, <laughs> sand is ridiculous. Speaking of which, speaking of Sands, uh, Steve Sands will be with us on Wednesday because this is Masters Week. Not so much on Monday, but Wednesday. And uh, uh, let me give you the schedule this week. We will do shows on Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Not Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, but in honor of the Masters, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Early forecast, not looking good for no. Masters Week. And not looking good for Washington. And it's so sad because for the last, well, I shouldn't say it's so sad. The last week has been such beautiful Indian summer in Washington, D.C. Just gorgeous. And probably all over the East as well. Um, we've had temperatures in the 70s the last three or four days. Been beautiful. Hardly any breeze at all. Been really, really nice. Let me let me get to... Uh, I will just start with this to say that if people who watch PTI also watch this show, they would know that on Fridays, Fridays is the day that we do Fortune Teller. And in Fortune Teller, I am asked and Mike is asked, you know, to predict something that's going to happen on the weekend. And we did two games, the Seattle Buffalo game and the New Orleans Tampa Bay game. And the question was, and it came to me first, do you see um, Buffalo beating Seattle? And I said, no. Uh-uh. Buffalo's not that good. They score under 25 points a game. Seattle scores 34 points a game. The only thing I'm worried about is the travel all the way from the West Coast to the East Coast. Seattle's done it twice before. They beat Miami, and they beat Atlanta. So I'm not that worried about it. So no, you know, no, no chance. Okay, I couldn't have been more wrong on that until we got to the next game, which was <laughs> New Orleans-Tampa Bay. Do you see... Wow. New Orleans beating Tampa Bay. No, zero. No chance. No, they got. They were lucky to get them the first week of the season when Tampa Bay didn't know each other. And now look how much better Tampa Bay has gotten. And Chris Godwin is going to be back. And Mike Evans is healthy. And he's finding Gronkowski and Antonio Brown's on the team. So, no, this is just put this down right now for Tampa Bay. That's the worst drubbing that Tom Brady's ever had, right? Three interceptions, and he looked at, I think it was the end of the second quarter. He's They're going for it, uh, and he just passes. It's a little out of the reach of Gronkowski, and that sort of seemed to sum up the entire game. That was, Nigel, as somebody who's rooted for Brady his whole professional career, you had to have some pain in that. Wilbon uh, loved it. Wilbon hates Brady. <laughs> hates 
Yeah, you just not you're not used to seeing them have games like that. I mean, yeah. lose sure, but no, they just looked out of sorts. And you know, he's had games where he's looked terrific, but that one was definitely not on that list. So, well, even yeah, from the I, start of the season, you're looking forward. You, I mean, you're already he putting, looked forty three. You were putting them in the championship yes. game. Yes, and this I is was in division. Yes, yeah. He he looked forty five, if not forty three. He didn't look good. I'd rather look forty six. So let me. Yeah, there is a new. There's a new guy. He's forty six. Um, let me get to. Uh, what I consider to be the larger news of the day, which is, that was just a sports antipasto of sorts. And that is the death of Alex Trebek at 80 years old, who had been diagnosed with a, a particularly deadly form of cancer, pancreatic cancer, a couple of years ago and fought like crazy and continued to work until the end, continued to work until the last day that he possibly could. And I want to talk not so much about Alex Trebek, who I think we all like and admire and and I would say that if I had to pick three words about him, because I do, because I'm going to have to do something on PTI later, uh, they would be um, cordial and courteous and comfortable. Those three. And he, there were no gimmicks to his show and there were no gimmicks to him. And he had a manner that showed you trust. He did not make fun of the contestants ever. He was a very nice man and a knowledgeable man who understood the nature of his show. The United States of America, the television, which has started in the mid to late 40s, it didn't exist before that. So it is a knowable history. And the history of American television, there's nothing more important, more significant, or more characteristic about American television than the game show. This started out, it was called a quiz show, not a game show. It morphed over a period of time when they had the quiz show scandals. If you have never seen the movie Quiz Show, which was written by my friend Paul Adonazio, you should see it because it's great. It's a fantastic show. Ray Fiennes is in it. And he plays Charles Van Doren. And um, who's the guy who plays Herb Stempler, who just died within the last couple of months? John Turturro. Uh, this is a great motion picture. It's absolutely great. And it talks to greed, and it talks to charm, and it talks to privilege and caste. And, and it's, it's a great movie. And that's how game shows started out, as quiz shows, as 21, as a $64,000 question. What was the question the, that, that, that Stempler got wrong? They made him get wrong? Was they it made Marty? him get it wrong. Yeah, he was knew it. it. He'd, he'd seen Marty yeah. 12 times, so he knew <laughs> That's right, yes. So, and it's, it, it's a truly great movie, quiz show. Honestly, oh, it's, I'm, I'm... It's brilliant. Great movie. So, so this is what American television was. This is the chance to strike it rich. If you know something more than the other guy knows, you can strike it rich. And because there was cheating on these shows, uh, the Barry and Enright shows, then the next wave of shows, audience participation shows, were game shows. And there was the newlywed game, and there was the dating game, and there was, what was the Monty Hall game that everybody loved? Let's Make a Deal? Let, yeah, Let's Make a Deal. But there was the, the Price cheating, is Right. Isn't that why they decided to front the answer and then make you supply the question? I don't know. Maybe that's true. I don't know that. And then there was a show that came on in the mid-1960s out of New York City, a Merv Griffin show called Jeopardy. And Jeopardy was different than the others. And you don't spin a wheel in Jeopardy. There's no white hot spotlight that is designed to make you literally sweat. There's no 
you know, in that wonderful movie Millionaire, um, there, there's none of that. There's, there's, there's none of the sort of campy drama that attaches itself to these other game shows. It's, import, it's an important distinction. In essence, what Ellen DeGeneres' show is and Oprah Winfrey's show is, at times they're game shows because they give stuff away. They want you to feel good. They want you to laugh. They want to make it so that everybody can come up and win. Well, that wasn't Jeopardy. Well, it also becomes more about the partners who are sometimes giving those gifts as well. That's right. That wasn't Jeopardy. Not everybody could win Jeopardy. I say this as someone who auditioned for Jeopardy in New York City in 1969 or 70 or something like that and did very well but didn't get it, you know, didn't get on the show. Art Fleming was the host then. Alex Trebek took over, I think, in the 80s. Um, He had been a game show host on other shows, but nothing suited him as much as Jeopardy suited him. And he knew all the questions. What was in the obits, it said he could get about 65. 65%. He wanted to read through every single question to make sure that it was suitable for the show. Yeah. And this was a show where intelligence mattered. It, it, it mattered. The people who won and won consistently not only were smart and smart about a variety of topics, but had quick hands and understood how to play the game, like Ken Jennings. And who was that other guy that understood more recently than Ken Jennings? In fact, there was some talk yesterday uh, that if the show stays with us, that Ken Jennings would be the logical person to be the, the host. But if you're going to be the host... You know, you have to have not just an appreciation of a person's brains. And all of us love to take final jeopardy. All of us. And, you know, I mean, all of us think in our minds, yeah, I'm going to wager it all because, yeah, I think I'm going to get it. What's the category? Shakespeare's feet? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to wager it all anyway. Because I, I know a little bit about Shakespeare and he had a couple of feet. How tough can it be? I'm throwing it all in. Everybody does that in their own minds. You not only have to have a respect for people's brains, but you have to have a respect for the competition. I mean, Alex Trebek, nobody ever hated Alex Trebek. Nobody ever said Alex Trebek was showy. Nobody ever looked at Alex Trebek's watch and said, where did he get that? Nobody ever looked at Alex Trebek's clothes and said, what is he doing with that? Alex Trebek was perfect for that show. Other people are perfect for their shows, but they couldn't do Jeopardy. Jeopardy is, in my mind, the singular American quiz show, because in my mind, you got, you know, it just shouldn't be the roll of the dice. It just shouldn't be where the thing lands, you know, on the board. You shouldn't be eliminated because the pointer pointed to you're out. You should be eliminated because you're not as good as the other two people on the show. And that's the way it ought to work. I love that show. I've always loved that show. Well, the, Elizabeth the, always watches that show. Do you watch? Yeah, one of the first words you used is comfortable, and it's, it's yeah. the comfort of turning it on before dinner every single night and being able to pick up the show at any point. And you talk about the, the host being perfect for the show. I believe he described himself as replacing himself as the host on these various shows three to four times before finding the right spot. That's right. And you think about how a show morphs over these He's not uh, Pat Sajak. He's not Chuck Woolery. And it's how it morphs into pop culture. It's impossible not to look back and think about the Will Ferrell bits on SNL. That's right. I'll take swords for 500. <laughs> swords is an S word. Uh, yeah. The pen is mightier. And, and he was aware of that. As you look at how the clues changed from being 
Very... Is that the Sean Connery character? Yeah. The one who says, right, your yeah. mother is a whore. <laughs> it's just, what? Yes. Well, yeah. just... But then looking at how the clues changed into more pop culture, <laughs> great thing is yeah. how we had to learn how to rap. And that's just an understanding of the personality morphing into the professional persona as well and going back and forth, the interplay. You couldn't the just do capitals of the United States. You had to make it more current if you yeah, wanted an audience. would be really good at that. Yeah, tremendous on that. So anyway, this is a preview of PTI tonight. The melancholy trails to Alex Trebek, the cordial, courteous, comfortable host of Jeopardy died yesterday at 80. Nothing defines American television as much as the game show, and no game show was as classy or enduring as Jeopardy. Jeopardy has been on for more than 50 years, hosted first by Art Fleming and then by Canadian-born Trebek. There are no gimmicks, no secrets to Jeopardy. You either know the answer or you don't. Trebek was brilliant in his simplicity and trustworthy in his manner. It is a lasting tribute to him that we can all smile and say to ourselves, game show, game show host for a thousand and picture Alex Trebek. So that's at Melancholy Trails. And we'll get out of here now. We'll come back with Jason Locke and Fora. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening, You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Zip Recruiter ad. Businesses have had to be flexible this year from working remotely to pivoting their business models for long-term survival and growth. And I know that's true. I played golf yesterday with somebody who owns a restaurant. And he said, I put a bunch of tables outside in the parking lot. And if not for that, my restaurant would have gone out of business. People have had to change because of the virus. If you're in charge of hiring for your business, these pivots have made your job even more challenging, especially if you have to hire for brand new roles like somebody to clean the parking lot after the tables are gone. Thankfully, there's one place where you can always count on to make hiring faster and easier, ZipRecruiter.com slash Tony. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, it gets sent out to over 100 top job boards with one click. Then ZipRecruiter's powerful technology finds people with the right skills and experience for your job and actively invites them to play. It's no wonder that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See for yourself right now. You can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Tony. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash T-O-N-Y. Let ZipRecruiter take hiring off your plate so you can focus on growing your business. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Tony. Use the code, people. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a song called Pickup Lines. This is from Mike Bednarski and Ben Massbaum. They are the indie pop duo Ginkgo Balboa. That's sort of like the tree Ginkgo Biloba, right? That's what it is, Ginkgo Biloba? Sure, Biloba, why not? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, Mike's been a watcher of ESPN's PTI ever since its debut. He's a huge fan of you and your work. He's from Southwest Connecticut, so he's a New York sports fan like yourself. And this is, they'll do two songs for us today, Pickup Lines, uh, to play in Jason Lockenfour and the other day to play in Michael Wilbon. Jason is on the line with us after having worked for CBS over the weekend. And, and there's a million ways to start, I guess. But I, I, I just, you know, like you can start with the fact that Miami won a game and they didn't have any coaches and Buffalo had a signature <laughs> yeah. win over Seattle. And, and there were just tremendous, the afternoon games were tremendously Crazy. exciting. And you yeah. could go with any of them, but you can't ignore the fact that New Orleans killed Tampa nope, Bay. Can't bury the lead. They killed them. What do you yep. think? I don't know. Um, it was, I mean, so thorough and so, yes. like, just comprehensive. And 
to see a Tom Brady-led offense that just added this shiny new toy who, don't get it twisted, he wanted to get the ball to him. He just couldn't get the ball to him. I mean, he was, you know, he was the primary receiver on the second play of the game. Like, that, you know, some people are like, oh, you're saying Brown was going to make an impact. Uh, hmm. Dude, they had no – he got plenty of targets. Brady couldn't get the ball to anybody. He was in his own head. They were in his head. He was getting chased. When he wasn't getting chased, he thought he was getting chased. I mean, he couldn't get the ball to anybody. But trust me, they wanted to get it to Antonio Brown. Uh, that very good offensive line had a bad night. Brady had a horrible night. And the Bucks defense, I mean, you'd think that's a team that they only face like once every five years. Like, you, like, no, like, the way, like what twice Baltimore a did year. to the teams last year. You know what I mean? Where it's like, whoa, whoa, yeah. we've never, we've never yeah. seen that before. Like, they play twice yeah. a year. Like, yeah. you, it's mostly the same people. I mean, they got one receiver back, or, well, two. They got Sanders back, too. But those are known commodities. Um, it's weird. The Bucks in prime time have looked incredibly shaky. Even Terrible when, against the Giants. Terrible. Yeah. I mean, the Thursday night against the Bears, and I don't know that there's, that's, there's like a causal relationship, but just anecdotally, you know, even week one, um, uh, uh, which was against the Saints, they, they just haven't been good in those spots, and they find, found a way to win some. I'm more shocked than anything else, though, about that defense getting bullied from the first drive to the last because you knew Sean Payton wasn't going to take the foot off the gas. Um, and they couldn't even compete in garbage time. I guess that's a bad matchup for him, Tone. I don't know what yeah. else to say. The whole Shoot. NFC, I don't know, man. You know, I thought a week ago that Tampa had a pretty good shot of looking like the most balanced team in the NFC. And maybe – you know, six weeks from now, and we're, we're closing out the schedule, hopefully. Uh, that might still be the case. I mean, hopefully closing out the season, not hopefully. Yeah. In first place, I really don't care. Um, but that's, that's a hard one to explain. And, that, again, that's a team that when all eyes have been on them, they haven't been good. Is there reason yet to say Tom Brady's too old right now? think so because a week because ago, the other five games that's right yeah. the, the game's not on prime time he, he's been very good he, he, yeah yeah i mean he went out and scored him like six straight drives against the chargers yeah. who i mean i know aren't yeah. great but i mean he's he had a first half against the panthers that looked um pretty amazing he you know two weeks ago they were seemingly doing whatever they wanted this is clearly a bad matchup for them uh you know if these two teams were to meet again in January, I know they say it's hard to beat a team three times. I, I, don't, I don't know that I could bet on the Bucks in this particular yeah. matchup because I've just seen too much of it. Um, you know, but could they do what they mean? Could could they do what they've done to other teams in January with everybody watching? I, I would think so. Um, I guess you you have to wonder. Obviously, he's forty three years old. At, yeah. What this portends in January, if the defense does slip some or things are exposed, and you've got to play the first one to forty five wins against Seattle or against Green Bay, because um, again, there's not a whole lot of defense being played in a lot of these places. Um, can 
he can he pull that off and can he do it two or three times in a row if that becomes um, the equation for them. That would be tough. I still don't necessarily think that, that, that that's the deal. I think that's a very good defense, but they got to get off the mat now. Yeah. Uh, let me shift to another thing. Miami didn't have any coaches. No. Miami beat Arizona, you know, really. Again, the three games in the afternoon were great. Yes. It's a tremendous game to watch. Um, they don't have any coaches. How, do, how does that work? How did that work? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you have players kind of coaching other players in position group. It really was the, the position groups, I, I think, kind of just had to, right. to do what they did on the fly. I mean, the, you still had your coordinators. You still had your flow of information at the top. But for Brian Flores to be able to keep the sideline together, for it not to look like a gong show, um, for them to get in a game that was kind of like a gong show, it felt like watching felt like watching two incredible quarterbacks in their backyard with a bunch of their buddies just kind of like making stuff happen. And then to persevere and win that thing, um, you know, on the road all the way across the country, Tua looked like a, a, a whole lot of fun. Um, yes, he looked like <laughs> I mean, his brother. He looked as good as his brother yeah. looked from Maryland. Yeah, his, yes. his brother is, yeah, torn up the Big yeah. Ten the last two weeks. I mean, yeah. he, he just looked like he wasn't going to. The first game, I think there were some jitters. There was some, um, they really kept it simple for him. I mean, it just felt like that was a, an indoctrination, not really a, 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 a football game. This was like, all right, we're going to cut it loose. You have fun. We'll have fun. We're going to do, you know, Chan Gale is going to let him run around. We're going to do the things you like to do. And let, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Maybe we'll make one more play than Kyler Murray. And they did. Um, yeah, I, I mean, hats off to Brian Flores. He has to be someone who, I think now we finally reached this part of the season, November, when we should talk about awards. I don't know when this league became like people are talking about awards after three weeks. Uh, but now we're in that sort of part of the season where we're, we're separating some teams and, and there's enough of a body of work where you can start to assess who's doing what. And, I mean, Brian Flores is absolutely doing tremendous work with the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, that, that, that's totally true. Let me stay in that division. I guess this is the signature win for Buffalo. I went on television on Friday and I said they score under 25 points a game. They're very disappointing. They were yeah. going to lose against New England. If Newton doesn't fumble within the next two plays, he's going to go in. They're going to lose that game. Seattle will beat them, and they beat Seattle. And Josh Allen looked good, and they scored a lot of points. Is, is, yeah. Are you as surprised as I am? Um, I'm certainly surprised. And, and Josh Allen looked amazing. I mean, the first – I mean, his, his numbers at the end of the game look amazing. His numbers – I mean, he really didn't make a mistake the entire first half. And it looked like they were going to run away and hide. Um, it's just, I mean, Seattle's defense is horrible. I thought this would be an incredibly high-scoring game. And it was. I, I think the dirty little secret, though, for me is Russell Wilson turned it over four times and they still scored 35 points. Yeah. That's not, I mean, I just, Buffalo's defense, it's not, it's not going to be what it was last year. It, it's just not. I mean, that's, that's clear. Um, and I think that's a problem because I don't know that Josh Allen's, that that's going to look like that uh, when they do have, and there, there are some defenses in the AFC. Kansas City can play defense. Baltimore can play defense. Pittsburgh can play defense. And I don't know that that sort of game flow, that sort of template, is going to fly for them in January. Diggs, Allen and Diggs is a real thing. Um, 
Allen made some tremendous plays. Uh, when he's on his game, he is a thing. But, you know, are they going to be able to run the ball in January against good defenses? I, I'm not sure. Are they going to be able to get off the field on the other side of the ball? I have real reservations. Uh, they were able to get after the quarterback. They were able to blitz a lot. They were able to find a way to win that game. But I don't know that that's replicable. And I, I still come away thinking that that team's identity is, is changing. And, and they now are, are going to have to be one of these teams like Seattle. That 35 might not be enough this week. I mean, it, you know, it was last week, barely. Um, but, you know, I, I, thought, I thought that game would be similar than what, what it was, but I thought it was going to be Seattle scoring into the 40s yeah. and Buffalo maybe into the 30s. Can I, thank you for mentioning Pittsburgh. Can I ask a technical question as I'm watching Pittsburgh and Dallas? Why sure. didn't they kick the field goal? Why didn't they kick the field goal? What was that well, about? I just thought. I mean, you make them get the, the if you yeah. kick the field goal, they got to get well, eight. I think it's because they missed two extra points and he trusts his right? defense. And right? Garrett Gilbert. And, you know, if we can win it on our own right here and try to put some confidence into an offense that isn't, I mean, that offense was completely shut up for the first half against Baltimore. They, you know, they found a way to barely do enough to win that game. But, right. I mean, that offense has got some issues. There's, there's no two ways about it. So I think it was multifold. With him not thinking, even if this thing gets to overtime, whatever, we're going to win this game. Their quarterback, he's made some plays, but it's still Garrett Gilbert. Um, I trust my defense, and right now I don't trust my kicker. My bigger problem is why Mike McCarthy with a team that's like, Two and five thousand, or whatever. I mean, I know it's only like two and six, but it feels like they're two and five thousand. Um, why he's kicking chip shot field goals on fourth and short rather than you know? What I mean, you got a running back paying all this money too. The yeah, give it, looks even better. Give Elliott the ball. Yeah, yeah. Just, you 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 get a touchdown there, you probably win the game. I mean, that, that he for a guy who's trying to tell everybody he's uh, bathed himself in analytics, he has a funny way of showing it. Um, dare I say this, are Atlanta and Minnesota good right now? You know, it's an interesting proposition. Um, it's too little, too late for both, but they're going to, um, right. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to whack some people than that. Yeah. Like they're, they're going to make life uncomfortable for some other teams who desperately need wins. Uh, Minnesota, the, since Dalvin Cook come back, I mean, he's, he's got like 500 scrimmage yards in two games. Like, there's a metric that PFF does, which is kind of like war for the run game. It's team rushing EPA, and it kind of tries to assess the, the inherent value in having one particular player involved in your run game versus when he's not there. And, like, Dalvin Cook's on a different plane than anybody else. Um, and it, it shows. Uh, it makes Cousins settle down. Uh, the offensive line, this kid, Ezra Cleveland, who they put in, is playing pretty good. The rookie from South Carolina, their fourth-round pick, who replaced Ngakwe, who they traded to the Ravens, keeps showing up. I, I, um, I think they're dangerous, man. I, I do. I, I think the run game is going to, going to carry them. And, again, it's not going to mean anything in January, but they're going to be a, they're going to be a tough out, and they're going, to, they're going to have a lot to say about who does win that division because they're going to beat some of those teams. Um, you know, Atlanta, yeah, I, I – I mean, it's kind of like what they do every year. They, 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 they stop having anything to play for. 
the pressure's off, and, and then they start winning some games. I still don't really buy them defensively. Uh, I, I think the bigger issue for me in that game was I just can't totally buy into this Drew Locke thing because like, they tend to get destroyed for three quarters, and then we might pull a rabbit out of our hat in the fourth quarter. And that's right. just not going to work up here. And I don't know what's going on between him and, you know, Shermer and the play callers there. But that offense just looks like it's hard to stomach for the first half of most of these games. Um, and it puts a lot of pressure on the defense, and it's not a winning formula. All right. I appreciate you so much being on this show. Please plug oh, your radio man. show and get more listeners. I always listeners. Love, uh, coming on. I'm happy to do it anytime. So appreciate you guys. So Hope you have a wonderful week. Cheers to democracy. Yeah. Go ahead. Tell people when they can hear you. Uh, we are on two to six weekdays, uh, inside access on 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. Um, if you need more football content or specifically Baltimore-related football content. Uh, and you can also listen live anywhere around the world, streaming on the radio.com app. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Jason. Have a great week. Thanks. Copper says hi. Here's Copper. <laughs> there he is. Right on Jason Lockenfora, boys and girls. When he said that thing about, I wrote it down when he said about Josh Allen, he said, when he does this, he is a thing. I really like that. He is a thing. Jason Lockenfora is a thing. We will come back with Michael Wilbon when we return. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Lincoln Financial ad. I'm going to read it because it's well written. Hey, everyone, this new world we're living in has me and my family talking a lot more. I mean, we're talking about everything from how much greater was the greatest of all time than today's greatest, to how to make sourdough bread, and I add parenthetically, which both Elizabeth and Michael can do and have done, to how excited we are that football is finally back, which is really good. And the copy is, and trust me, that last one's important. And then it goes into, I can't keep watching my dog run circles in the backyard and call that a spectator sport. But when my dog gets a rabbit, that is a spectator sport. And she had two last week. I had to get two plastic bags and throw out dead rabbits last week. But despite how talkative we all are, the people at Lincoln Financial want to point out the one conversation that most people still haven't had, and that is about your financial plans. So do find time to talk to your loved ones about it, because the more we talk, the better we plan, protect, and retire. That's why Lincoln Financial is here to help you. I try when the copy is good to read it in a good voice. Get the right questions to start your conversation at LincolnFinancial.com. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Again, this is Ginkgo Balboa. This is called The Other Day. Indie pop duo. I like the sound of that. Indie pop duo. That would be a good name for a band. Indie pop duo. I like <laughs> exactly. That. This is called The Other Day. You can listen to all their music without me interrupting them. Um, at the end of the show. Michael, if people like Ginkgo Balboa want to send their music in, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonycornizershow.com. You know what would be another good name? You know what you're going to get. Yeah, you know what would be another good name? Rocky Balboa. That would be good. Michael Wilbon joins us now, (laughs) and he wants to... We'll get to Tom Brady, Tompa Tom, in a second. But let's start with the big news in your household. And the big news in your household is not only is Northwestern 3-0, and but suddenly the way they killed Maryland looks like a quality win because of what Maryland has done in the last two weeks. It does. A little Tua. 
Little Tua looks good. Big Tua looks good. And, uh, yeah, 3-0 and with Tony, a sentence that has never been spoken. Um, and, I, you know, the Big Ten has been playing 100-plus years, 120 years. And the, the sentence is, uh, big game between Northwestern and Purdue, both undefeated. <laughs> yeah, nobody said week. that. Both yeah. ranked and undefeated. No, no, no. Purdue's not, I don't know if Purdue's ranked. Indiana's ranked 10, which... I looked at the rankings last late last night, and I, I saw Indiana ten, and I just almost passed out. And Northwestern's twenty three, which means nobody believes in us. And Indiana did beat Michigan, uh, but and, and and Penn State, so they beat and two Penn right State. Teams. They beat they beat. They're in yeah. the toughest part of the Big Ten, and they won two big games. Ohio State will kill them, but let them have their day. Let them be ranked for a while. Yeah, they, they've earned it. Yeah, so that game is Saturday night in prime time. Very fired up. There's, I mean, you know, there's, no one will care about that game except for the 110-mile stretch between Chicago and West Lafayette, Indiana. But I care about it. So this is interesting to me. We don't know. We See, by this time in a normal college football season, because of interconference, interconference games, we would have some sense as to who's really good and who's not really good. And now we don't know. And I look at the Big Ten – and Penn State and Michigan State have lost twice, and Michigan has lost twice. I guess the sexiest thing to ask is Harbaugh's future. What do you think? Yeah, well, that, that's a thing that is asked often uh, in the region I live, like every day, like what's going to happen with yeah. Harbaugh. And, and, and yeah. really, Tony, what's happening right now, the question is a little more specific than that, is is it fair? Like, like what, what does this mean? Like, what does the fact that he can't beat Michigan State and Ohio State mean? And you have massive disagreement on this. I mean, there are people who point out my brother being one of them, and he's watched the Big Ten as closely as I have all his life. Don, we get in these, we, on our text chain, we get in these massive fights about whether or not Harbaugh could be fired, is overrated, is doing his job. And there's evidence out there. You can build the case that Harbaugh is simply doing what Michigan has always done. Michigan's won one national championship outright since, I don't know, 1970 or whatever. One. And Harbaugh, that record other than Ohio State, which is clearly better and has better players year after year after year, his record is great other than Ohio State and Michigan State. And so, you know, do you want to make that excuse for him? Do you want to build that case for him? I, I, I don't particularly, and I like Jim Harbaugh. Know him a little bit and like him a lot. And, yeah, I mean, they look like pedestrian. And, Tony, to me, what is defensible about being able to judge this season on what we've seen is these are conference games. There's no games in the Big Ten against the MAC, which they lose every year anyway. But these these are conference games. You're losing to your peers. So, I mean, Penn State and Michigan, get out, get out. You can't, you, you can't win these games. I mean, so I don't know. This week, it, we're going to start to get a sense this week, I think, of whether, of who's going to be in these conference title games, which is kind of unthinkable. I know where you want Harbaugh to end up. Everybody well, knows where you want Harbaugh well, to end up. Well, I mean, yeah, and that's, not, that's out of a sense of desperation. I mean, you know, the Bears yesterday, were, they, were, they were what they are every week now. Every week. You know, and I'm out in Arizona watching this game, and I'm watching with my brother. Don's out here, too. 
and he's going nuts and he's throwing things. I'm like, you're an idiot. This is what this team has been for our entire lives. They never have an offense for our entire lives. What are you doing? And, you know, I, at one point, Tony, I just tweeted that every single person who's involved in a Bears, in a, in a text chain, who, and who follows the Bears, somebody on that text chain is asking the question, can you fire a guy, a head coach who's 25 and 15? Matt Nagy. That's what Nagy. That's what Nagy's record is. Can you fire a coach? Can you justifiably fire a coach who is 25 and 15? Can you? If, well, if you get Harbaugh to come in, maybe people would be uh, happy, you know, right? I don't know. Maybe this is maybe the luster's off Harbaugh. Okay. All right, let maybe. me get to another college game. Let's get to the Notre Dame game, which you insisted loudly and longly yeah, all wrong, week long. Wrong. Yeah, 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 I had this. Yeah, and yeah, so but but that for for you that and it was a great game. That was great. a great game to watch. The best game of the year. But for you, the end of the game was appalling. Is that the right word? Yes. Appalling. Yes. Go ahead, tell people. Yeah, I mean, if people want to get on Jason Turner, is that his name? What's Justin name? Turner. Justin Turner. People want to get on Justin Turner for taking his mask off for, you know, three or four pictures on the field. What are we supposed to make of thousands of Notre Dame students running onto the field? Thousands. And you could see it. They were moving in position to get run. And I'm thinking, no, they're not going to do this. They're not going to do it. They, they, they live in the world. They have, to wa- they have to watch something other than TikTok. They have to. They have to have some. Be smart enough. It's Notre Dame. I may. I may take shots at Notre Dame because it's like a pro wrestling kind of hate. I. 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 I, I admire. I love Notre Dame. I told you it's the best place in America to watch a college football game. Period. To me. And if my son could get into Notre Dame and go there and matriculate there, I'd be thrilled. So. So don't let my taking shots at Notre Dame fool you. I. I, I mean, I have great sort of, uh, you know, admiration for them in some ways. This was appalling is the word. What? If, if, if you can have events that are super spreaders with grown adults in the Rose Garden, what the hell is this going to be? Yeah. How many kids are going to yeah. test positive now at Notre Dame this week? And it just, it, what, just I, it was yeah. unbelievable to me, Tony. And it, when I texted you early yesterday morning, like 6 a.m., I could tell you hadn't I didn't seen know. it yet. I hadn't seen it. I hadn't I, seen it. Okay, then I so saw it. Jason, do you, Justin Turner, you got, you were irritated with Justin Turner because you said Very you, didn't much. Wanna, you didn't want to crush him, but the act had to be killed. Okay, if the act of taking your mask down with a bunch of people that you were already around for five innings. If that appalled you, then how do you feel about the Notre Dame kids? No, that was, uh, it is uh, very typical. It is not unexpected. It is utterly appalling. And it's not a question of how many of these kids get it this week. It's how many of them bring it home in two weeks when they're on Thanksgiving break. And they bring it home. And they bring it home. Unbelievable, Tony. And listen, would, would, would that happen at every school in the country? Not every, but a lot. A lot of schools, probably. A lot. And then yeah, when a lot of schools. When, when the head of your university was part of that super spreader event. That's right. At the, it, it, that Notre at the White Dame's House. president. 
That's right. I, I just, let me just tell I'm glad I got my president and not that guy. Um, do you want to take a shot at Tom Brady now? Go ahead. Feel free. It makes you happy. He was, I mean, he was it, terrible. It, it does make me happy. It, it makes me happy. You know, Tom Brady and, and, you know, somebody that, you know, he reportedly loves a lot, got their butts kicked this, this, this last 48 hours or so. Yeah, it makes me happy. And I, and I, I, I don't have any problem <laughs> finding, saying that Tom Brady's the GOAT. I have, no, I have nothing but all the people who have run out there and said, well, you know, Tampa Bay, they're the best team. They're going to win. They're going to win. I thought they would. I thought they would. I, I was wrong. Know. Why can't people just watch the see? This is not politics, Tone. You don't have to declare. You don't have to declare a state. You don't. No, I got. But on Friday, I got both wrong. I had Seattle winning and Tampa Bay winning, and I was declarative about you it, and I was wrong. You can, it's not about picking a game. It's about the projection. Projecting Tampa Bay is the best team. Let me just say this. You did you were up so you you're not you're never gonna see the plays where on like six out of eight pass plays, six out of eight drawbacks, they were hitting Tom Brady like they were Michael Spinks. I mean like they were Mike Tyson and he was Michael Spinks. So they this is exactly what Collinsworth him, said. Man. Collinsworth said that at the beginning of the game, before the game tipped off. Collinsworth looked at Al and he said the team that gets the pressure on the quarterbacks. You may think they're great against the blitz, but the team that gets the pressure on the quarterback is oh. going to win. He was oh. Chris Collinsworth, one hundred percent right. Let's go to the real question: When has a Super Bowl team ever lost a game thirty-eight nothing in that season? Uh, it's just it's the brutal. It has to be never. You can't. My guess you, is yeah. And yeah, this is yeah, a I division I game. This is yeah. a division game, and this is not like Clemson. They weren't missing their guy. Their guy was there, and another yep. team in his division who he'd already lost to, unloaded on him. I, 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 I'm sorry. I took great glee from that game last night. I'm not, I'm not a New Orleans guy. I'm not, I don't care. I didn't have a horse in that race. But the glee really comes from all the people who were projected with 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 one percent of the vote in week two. Oh, yeah, yeah, they got, you know, they're, they're loaded. They're going to win. Uh, okay. I'll take that bet now. I will take do that you, bet. They're not winning, do you, Jack. <laughs> do you have any golf partners this week you're going to play with? Do you have any big games? Uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't know yet. I don't, it won't be this week. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend a little time here in okay. Arizona. It won't be this week, but it could be. If it, I'm not going to – I don't want to jinx it. If it happens, it – it happens, but... Um, is there any, anything you want me to... I can have a few. Is there anything you want me to... Yeah, anything you want me to say to Chuck Woolery the next time I see him? Is there anything? No, I'm going to be... I'm going to be... I'm going to be... I'm in a good mood. You know, like a lot of people. I'm in a good mood. You know, I'm in a good mood the last couple of days. So, yeah. I'm in a tremendous mood. I mean, you know, the people on the losing end... I mean, I can't be happier. And again, I am not an anti-Tom Brady guy. I, 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 Tom Brady's a goat. Period. But to take that one, see, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't sit there and watch this unfold last night. I watched you, the first half, and I just said, "This is brutal. This is brutal." Twenty-one nothing when you went to bed. Yes, right? brutal, brutal. I, it was terrible. So, I, you know, I he couldn't so, do anything. How do you reconcile 
everybody in America who makes a living talking about football saying that Tampa Bay, Tampa Tommy, he's got he, they got the best team. They're going to win. Well, that was one of the things I said. So, again, I couldn't be more wrong. And I don't have any problem saying I couldn't be more wrong because, you know what, if you're listening to me for expertise, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. So I don't care. This is not not about expertise. This is not they lost, and they lost a tough – they lost a lopsided game 21-10, and they looked a little shaky. No, 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 no. (laughs) They They were the Washington football team, except the Washington football team didn't get beat 38-0. They didn't. This was, I mean, no one in football looked worse than the Tampa Bay Tomsters last night. This <laughs> All right, I'll talk, I'll talk to you later. Have a good have day. Have a good, have a happy Monday, because I am. Michael Wilbon, boys and girls. We will take a break. We will come back with uh, email and a jingle. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the ExpressVPN read, and this is something new. You can use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Listen to this. ExpressVPN lets you change your online location so you can control where you want sites to think you're located. Open the app, select a location, tap one button. That's just one button to connect. And refresh the page to access thousands of new shows and movies. Choose from almost 100 different countries. You can watch Doctor Who on UK Netflix. And listen to this. You can watch Fresh Prince of Bel-Air on Australia Netflix. That's a long flight. This yes, works with it is. It is a very long flight. This works with any streaming service. Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube. I just feel a little bit unmoored when I no longer have the music that Nigel used to play underneath the ExpressVPN oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. read. So right. we're just working with what we have. You can stream in <laughs> HD, no problem. I'm sure you could even put it in landscape mode for you, Tony. No buffering, no lag. It's, com- it's compatible with all your devices, phones, laptops, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. I don't even have a smart TV. I don't even have that. I don't have any devices. Well, your TV's got a GED. Not only does it let you change your location, it, always, it also encrypts your data and lets you surf the web safely and anonymously. Go to expressvpn.com. Amonymous. <laughs> now I've got to go back to the call to action. Go to expressvpn.com slash Tony to get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. expressvpn.com slash Tony. Use the code, people. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. Are you going to use the code? Indochino Harry's Johnny O. You get discounts on swag from our sponsors. If only you would use the code. Now it's time for Tony's mailbag to please reset the board. Emails, faxes, and a bunch of maybe not faxes. There's no fax machine. Chad Hampton, Mike Rumber. This is actually brilliant. This is Joe Arrow. It is um, 
Scarborough yeah. Fair, Simon there, and Garfunkel. There is no show tomorrow. It's absolutely we have brilliant. To play golf. Great thanks to Joey the Jammer. It's just great. And don't forget the code <laughs> TKQZIP for all your Johnny O needs. Tony's wearing his shacket right now. Love it. It's my favorite article of clothing in the fall. Shacket. Uh, Nigel, do the Bethesda bagel at it. Yes, we love Bethesda Bagels. You will as well. Uh, just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location nearest you in the Washington, D.C. area. Today was a great day. We got the bagel sandwiches, but any day yep. you stop by <clears throat> Bethesda Bagels will be a great day for you. I guess that'll just about do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me say, here I stand, head in hand, turn my face to the wall. If she's gone, I can't go on, feeling two foot small, all, all. Everywhere people <laughs> stare each and every day. I can hear them laugh at me, and I hear them say, hey... You got to hide your love away. That's from the movie Help. The single was done by a group called The Silky, but it is John Lennon's song. Um, I've only seen Help 45 times. I would recommend it to you. Thanks to our guest today, Jason Lockenfor of CBS Sports and, of course, Michael Wilbon, though it is spelled right in front of me as Keichel Wilbon. It's a K instead of an M. Oddly hmm. done. Thanks to our sponsors as well, Lincoln Financial, ExpressVPN, and ZipRecruiter. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio.com. If you get the show through iTunes, please leave us a review. We have a lot of email about water polo. I guess that struck a chord because of Jeff Ma. From National Chris McKay. champion Jeff Ma. Chris McKay uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina. One of the schools Jeff Ma didn't mention that he would have played on a regular basis was Saliza's and my alma mater, the Loomis Chafee School for the Rich. While I missed playing against Jeff by more than 10 years, my freshman and sophomore year, we lost to Exeter in the New England Championship Finals by a goal each time. The show's connective tissue on water polo continues. I still play on a master's team, and I learned I have a fellow Little on the team. He alerted me to this when he had his very own David Aldridge moment and heard you read my email a few months ago about wearing my water polo speedo and shaking Jay Wright's hand. Perhaps Triangle Water Polo could be the official master's water polo club of the Tony Kornheiser Show. Sure. From Kyle Linehan in Toledo, Ohio. Your discussion with Jeff Ma regarding prep high school water polo in the Northeast triggered a memory. The father of your ESPN colleague, Zach Lowe, he does a lot of basketball work, had a, has led a swimming and water polo empire at Greenwich High School since the 70s. His name is Terry Lowe, and his accomplishments including, include leading the Cardinals water polo team to four undefeated seasons, 844 total wins, and 18 interscholastic titles before retiring in 2013. Zach played and swam for his father while in high school. Be sure to tell Michael. From Peter Potke, in Southington, Connecticut, Jeff Ma's high school had water polo. Wow. Bet the Loomis Chafee, Chafee School for the, I guess, not that rich didn't have a water polo team, but they did, as we just found out. From Jason Blazer in either Lake Orion or Lake Orion, Michigan. While I can't tell you how many high schools have a water polo team specifically, I can tell you it is sneaky pervasive. Any school with a pool can throw together a ragtag team-like group together. I personally played at Park Hill School in Kansas City, Missouri, under the tutelage of the great Doug Earnhardt. I then went on to play at KU, Kansas. Midwest water polo is so awful, we went outside of the Big 12 to form our own conference, including schools like St. Louis and Northern Illinois. Odd how a geography with very little water and blistering cold winter months doesn't produce the world's best marine-based athletes. Our starting seven couldn't be equipment managers for UCLA or Stanford, who won all four of the titles then. Um, from Freddie Weinberg in Charlottesville, Virginia. After listening to all the golf ball swaps, I had to tell you about mine. I'm playing at Birdwood. Michael, you know that course, oh, the UVA redone. course. And pull my That's drive three design. using a Kirkland Costco $1 ball into the adjacent fairway. When I walk over, a player on that hole is hitting a ball right where mine would have been. 
After he hit, I asked him if he was sure he hit his ball. We see another ball nearby, and it turns out he had hit mine. He tosses me his ball, a Pro-V, and we go on our way. How's that for an upgrade? But it gets better. A few holes later, when the course brings holes back together, I walk up to the tee box, and there's my Kirkland just sitting there. So I got his Pro-V, which I lost in two holes, and my Kirkland, money. Best to you and the crew. I was in attendance at the last morning in Chatter. Especially enjoyed chatting with Michael. What a mensch. Isn't that nice? Wow. He liked you. Freddie Weinberg, Charlottesville. From the great Carla Corrado in Columbus, Ohio. I, too, am writing a travel memoir. Last week's, last month's <laughs> entry, Dear Diary, today we alighted from our 2010 Nissan Versa upon the tarmac at Sheets on the Ohio Turnpike rest stop approaching exit 110. With volitional glances towards fellow wayfarers, we flashed an easy pass, but of course, paid for our boom-boom chicken poor boy, schmonster breakfast burrito and hot wraps in the local currency. We mused in delight at the vernacular spelling of the indigenous delicacies. My travel companion made this note in our epistle. We must tell Luke of this non-pareil find. And it says, with derision, Carlo Carrada. Just imagine the stories he's going to have to cut. <laughs> yeah. Nick Crow in Loves Park, Illinois. My wife and I bought a Subaru Forester about a month ago. And while sitting at the dealership, I actually thought of your long-running disdain for the Subaru brand. When I heard this come up as a topic again recently, I knew I had to share my impressions. I'm happy to say that all rumors are true. We do feel superior to almost everyone else on the road. It's a great feeling. Now, did I it come highly with, recommend it. Did it come it. with luggage racks? You know, Barry Spiegel in Peoria, Arizona. Behind a bit on the pod, yesterday I heard Michael call you out for wearing a shoe with a hole in it. And then today I heard him incredulous that you wore the same shoe again, which I had parenthetically I'm wearing now. As it happens, I was reading I'm Back for More Cash this week, where I read the column where you told about chiding your dad for wearing damaged slippers and how he dismissed your offer to buy a new pair, saying they were fine. Your dad was 88 at the time. Michael, if this progression continues unaltered, Bootsy and the Hammer will find you with worn-out golf shoes at 56. Plan ahead now. <laughs> Thanks for the good humor, both in book and podcast form. It helps during a time where I find... Few things to smile about. Time and one is more flat thing. line. From Zach Unger, dear Tony and company. This is Zach Unger. Unger from White Plains, New York, a fellow Binghamton graduate. I was scrolling through my Twitter account this afternoon. I found that Binghamton basketball is selling fan cutouts to be displayed at all home games. I was shocked to find out they cost 75 bucks per cutout. I mean, really, that seems a bit pricey. And I add parenthetically for a state school. I think they ought to be a more competitive team before they charge that much for a cutout. Maybe you can get President Stenger to lower the price. Hopefully this year they will surprise us and get a few more wins. Anyway, go Bearcats. Isn't that nice? I'd like to buy out the entire row behind the bench. <laughs> and put your pictures on it, and you and Liz, and Bootsy and the Hammer. If you're out on your bike, time to everyone, as always, do wear white. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm not a, I'm not a kid. <laughs> 